Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this edition of the show. We are going to tie a ribbon on the dueling mock draft series. Last up is the NFC South. Panthers, Bucks, Falcons, Saints, you've waited your turn, and we're going to close this thing out by covering your teams with three-round dueling mock drafts. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. Glad to be putting this segment of podcast behind us because it's bullshit. Because because the lead's 19 to 9? Because you keep drafting the same players for every team. So, yeah, everyone's going to love your teams. Um, You know, I'm sorry. Uh, just uh, you got to get the players that I like. Look, we, I've already said it. Next year when we do this, it needs to be off of one draft. So every well, player can, can only be taken one time. Some, some restraint. Uh, I Just don't because have, they're I don't, there doesn't mean you have to take them. Yeah, I, I mean, I take every day as a new day. And look, you got us. Somebody gave us a bad review, gave us like a two star review, and we're like, oh, they just keep recycling the same picks. Man, like well, that, that one's on you. That's blood on your hands. Don't blame me. That's don't the first, me into that. The most of them are in your hands, Kyle. <laughs> well, that's the, the, I'm o for my last one. It's on you, brother. Okay, I'll take that one. Um, all right. So, how many times did you pick Bobby Evans today? Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't pick Bobby picked, Evans today. No, if, if you would have picked Bobby Evans, I would have hung up this call and we would have tried again. In the there's no of Terry McLaurin. There's no Bobby Evans. There's one guy I've picked a couple times, but I think a lot of these guys are fresh names. Okay, great. I'm really excited then. There's at least two players that I do pick a lot though. I'll be honest. There's two couple on here. I haven't picked before. This is going to be exciting. Let's do it. Buccaneers are up first, Kyle. And you want me to go first? Um, yeah, I want you to go first. I guess the good news with this being such a runaway is I don't have to give a shit about whether or not I win. So I didn't stress my picks this time around. And uh, we're just going to we're just going to let it rip, make it happen. So uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock. On the wrong path here. Devin White, linebacker. Clearly, these uh, these guys need some help on the defensive side of the football. They gave up a ton of yards, a ton of points last year. They've kind of been posturing this way. It seems like it's it's the way that they're actually leaning and favoring in real life. Uh, and it makes sense. It's a good fit. It's kind of a weird draft class. Devin White, for me, is my 10th overall player. Uh, so the value is appropriate. It's a weird class in that capacity. And uh, I, I like the presence that he can bring on the second level there for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, 39, I went defense again. It's another kind of hot motor presence type of guy, Chase Winovich. Uh, surprised to see him on the board here at 39. Uh, but the Bucks complimenting Devin White and his addition on the second level with a pass rusher who has the, the potential to be very, very productive at 39. I was surprised to see him there, and I really liked the fit. And then I stayed in the trenches at 70 for Tampa Bay. And uh, I posted them up with Drew Samia, the offensive guard from Oklahoma, who uh, one of only a handful of guys that you feel like 
end of day three, uh, I would want to be investing in. Another one of those guys is Bobby Powers, maybe Nate Davis if you want to bet on the upside. But Samia, tone setter, uh, he's athletic, though. He's not just a mauler. He's actually fairly nimble on his feet. So uh, I thought it was a nice blend uh, to install there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers up front in their offensive line. So Devin White, Chase Winovich, and uh, Drew Samia. Yes. All right. My haul is this. Number five, I went with Devin White as well. I I think it's a a good predictive selection as well as one that makes sense because of that need for a true quarterback on their defense. You know, they've they've had some some guys leave here. You know, Quan Alexander's no longer in the mix here. And, uh, you know, they need a guy. And they love that LSU pipeline for linebackers, right? It's kind of their thing. Uh, So we'll we'll get them uh, the next great. LSU backer here and get them to face their defense. 39, I went to the secondary, went with Justin Lane, cornerback from Michigan State. Uh, You know, I think what this probably does is it allows Vernon Hargraves to play more in the slot, and it it, it gives them a a high upside guy. I know that Lane's still developing as a corner, transitioned over from wide receiver in 2016, has the ball skills you would expect for a wide receiver convert, has a lot of good physicality and length. Um, and just kind of still developing a little bit in terms of uh, anticipating routes and zone coverage and those types of things. But I think he's got a high ceiling as a boundary corner at the next level. Go with him at number 39. And at number 70, we go back to the defensive line and get us a guy that can rush the passer and Christian Miller, edge rusher from Alabama. Uh, you know, the Bucks have, they threw a few darts at different pass rushers here lately. And outside of JPP, none of them have really uh, come to fruition. But Miller is a guy who I think he's like a former five-star recruit, gives you a ton of upside in terms of being a a multifaceted edge rusher. And so if they if the you know if the Tampa Bay wants to do more stuff multiple and they need a stand-up type edge guy as well as one that can play on the line of scrimmage, I think they get that in Miller. The, the knock on him's been injuries, and, and if he's healthy, he can certainly produce and really give them good value at number seventy. So my recap for the Bucks. Devin White at number five, Justin Lane at 39, and Christian Miller, the edge rusher from Alabama, at number 70. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Three picks here to get through. Um, I was hoping that Oliver was going to fall to 14, but he didn't. So we went with a different defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins from Clemson. Uh, I think he really does kind of fit that, that profile of a uh, penetration style player on the interior would be a nice uh, complimentary piece to what they have in Grady Jarrett. And, uh, you know, G- Grady Jarrett's on the franchise tag and a little bit unsure if they're going to be able to get a long-term deal done with him, whether or not they do, they can still use Christian Wilkins as that, as that second interior guy. I think he gives them ability to stop the run as well as get that pressure in the face, of the quarterback that is so important at the next level. We kept it on the defensive line here at number 45, getting the Falcons an edge rusher in Ben Banigou from T- TCU. Uh, gives 45. them Yeah, 45. Wow, yeah. I like, it's bold, but I like it. Well, he kind of fits what they do, right? Like, I mean, right. it's a uh, versatile guy, uh, a lot of speed, um, a little bit underdeveloped in terms of putting all the components together of rushing the passer. But if you kind of like strip it down to each individual aspect, he has a lot of ability. And so – um, it's it's a bit of a projection, but I think Atlanta's the the type of team that can really get the most out of him and, and maximize his skill set, which if it all comes together is a very exciting one. At number 79, the last uh, pick here for the Falcons, went to the secondary, gave, gave him another high upside guy, a guy that's a little bit raw, and Isaiah Johnson, the cornerback from Houston. But I, in terms of physical gifts, I, I did a piece 
for Draft Network on Monday about building the perfect cornerback prospect using 2019 cornerback prospects and and the the size athleticism guy was isaiah johnson who gives you length size speed quickness fluidity he's just learning the position he's he's a guy actually just like i talked about with justin lane in the bucks he's a converted wide receiver and uh is still learning that position but i think there's a a nice ceiling there and uh can really blossom into and develop into a starter for the the falcons so to recap christian wilkins at 14 Ben Banigou at 45, and at number 79, Isaiah Johnson, cornerback from Houston. Okay, so I went see Willie at 14 as well. So great minds think alike here, Joe. Uh, was also kind of hoping we'd get Ed Oliver. Was not in the cards. He came off, uh, I think, nine to Buffalo in my mind. So that we want something to wet your whistle a little bit, Joe. There you go. Um, <laughs> you did a nice job outlining Wilkins, his merits, uh, I actually put Wilkins with the Falcons in my uh, what would I do mock draft that dropped over Draft Network yesterday, too. So I really, really like that fit. At 45, I opted to go with my corner in the second. I drafted Justin Lane. Um, kind of similar strengths and weaknesses to Isaiah Johnson, Joe, the player that you picked, but a player that uh, has a little bit more polish to his game. I think his ball skills are a little bit better as far as staying attached to receivers and while he's tracking the football. A little bit more of a pro-ready player in Justin Lane from Michigan State. And then at 79, I opted to go with David Montgomery, the running back from Iowa State. Uh, an opportunity to replace um, Tevin Coleman, uh, who the Falcons did not bring back. And Coleman was like that thick, big-bodied, you know, smaller defenders will bounce off of him, but also a contributor in the past game. I can see a similar role for David Montgomery because I don't think Montgomery's vision between the tackles is going to lend itself very favorably to him getting a lot of production in that capacity. So Montgomery is a stout guy that can, you know, has good contact balance. He, he stays upright when he's contacted. Want to give him an opportunity to develop as a pass protector. Want to get him involved in the passing game. Want to use him in the screen game. Use them in the flats and check down one-on-ones. I think that's a really favorable transition for Montgomery from how he was used at Iowa State and what his strengths and weaknesses are versus how the Falcons now have this vacancy in their lineup having lost Tevin Coleman. So recap for me, I did Christian Wilkins, Justin Lane, and David Montgomery. Interesting. Yeah, I like the Montgomery pick. I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Brian Burns is coming off the board at 16, Joe, to the Carolina Panthers. Now, Montez Sweat came off earlier, which allowed Burns to fall to 16 for the Panthers. And uh, we know the Panthers like these big, long-bodied edge guys, and Burns is a little leaner. But at the same time, with the team that needs pass rush help, I don't know how you justify passing up on Brian Burns. So Brian Burns is the pick at 16 for Carolina. At 47, I went with safety. A fairly local kid for them, Darnell Savage out of Maryland. This kid's been one of the risers over the course of the uh, end of March, beginning of April. He's really come a long way in his ball skills and coverage ability, but he's versatile. He's capable of covering a lot of ground. I feel comfortable with him as a a deep third defender. Really like him in Robert coverage when he gets to attack stuff, breaking across his face, and he's reading the backfield able to break on runs and, and be an extra defender inside the box as a tackler. He's got explosive pursuit speed. So Savage has been a riser, and I think top 50 is a legit chance for him. Uh, Joe, at 77, I opted to select an offensive tackle, a guy with some upside, but a guy that's still got a little bit of ways to go. Um, 
but hopefully I'm hoping the Panthers can can develop his skill set because it is promising. David Edwards out of Wisconsin. Uh, Edwards was a guy that I really, really liked over the course of the summertime and entering the season, but his development got stale. He didn't really continue to get better. And uh, he's he was uh, a convert, so he was not originally an offensive tackle, but he's he's at this point now where he's this massive 320-pound body, and he's he moves pretty well for a player of this stature, and he's got all the length in the world. But some technical deficiencies really set him back and allow him to be here on the board at 77. And then with my final pick, uh, 100 for Carolina, one of the comp picks in the third round, I gave him Colin Saunders. Uh, I feel like this is a Carolina-type selection. You think about some of the horses that they've been riding up front on the defensive line, and, and Saunders kind of fits that mold as far as his stout ability at the line of scrimmage. He does have some leverage issues, but he's so strong, like especially at Western Illinois, that he was really able to manhandle guys, let him get into an NFL strength conditioning program, and continue to coach him up on some of the finer points of leveraging and playing interior gaps and potential two-gap concepts and and I really, really like what Saunders brings to the table for the Panthers. So summary for me, Joe, I had Burns, Savage, David Edwards, and Colin Saunders. Nice haul. Nice haul, Kyle. Uh, for me with the Panthers, I also went with Brian Burns at number 16. feel like they've got to make an investment there at pass rusher where they've lost Julius Peppers and really need somebody besides Mario Addison that can get off, get after the passer on the edge. I know they signed Bruce Irvin, but uh, you know that's not – really a long-term answer and I get one here in Brian Burns who can be so dynamic in so many different ways for defense and allow them to be more multiple there's some rumblings that they want to be more scheme versatile moving forward and Burns would be the right guy to enable a lot of those things to actually happen at number 47 we went with an offensive lineman Michael Dieter uh, from Wisconsin Uh, the Panthers have done well to make some improvements to this offensive line of free agency signing Matt Paradis wasn't expecting that to happen. They also brought back Daryl Williams. And so now the, the offensive line's kind of coming together along with what they have in Trey Turner and, and, and Tyler or Taylor Moton, but we still have a big hole at left guard. And I think Dieter, a guy that's got like 50 starts under his belt at Wisconsin, is a guy that can immediately come in and upgrade that spot and solidify this front five. As we know, Carolina's going to go as far as Cam Newton's going to take them. And Cam Newton's going to go as far as his protection holds up. And so I really thought it would be a high priority to make an investment with one of the top two picks on a guy that I think can start right away on the offensive line, particularly at left guard at number 77 went with Juan Thornhill safety from Virginia. Um, You know, they, I think they want, they'd love for Rashawn Golden to be that safety opposite of Eric Green that has Juan Thornhill on the board at 77, the TDN predictive board, man, nonsense. Well, I got the screenshot. So, uh, so anyways, uh, the, uh, Rashawn Golden, he could be that guy next to Eric Reed, but I mean, I think ideally Golden's more of a, a, a big slot and a guy that plays closer to the line of scrimmage where Juan Thornhill is a guy that I think can really play those split zones, those deeper zones, break on the football. I mean, ton of instincts. Uh, he's the new, he's my new Bobby Evans. I think I've drafted him a lot lately. So sorry, everyone, but, uh, too good of a value to pass up at number 77 and number 100 with the comp pick. Thought this was a nice opportunity for Carolina to draft a, a quarterback. Went with Will Greer, Charlotte guy. Um, and, you know, the Panthers, it's funny because Ron Rivera was talking about this at his combine presser and was he's like, hey, we've wanted to kind of draft some younger quarterbacks and start developing them. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of flexibility that can happen there if they wind up being, you know, worthwhile. 
and they just haven't been able to do it. I think with this third round comp pick, it's the right time for the Panthers to get, you know, a guy like Will Greer, if he were to be available there at number 100, kind of like what he could do with North Turner uh, in terms of how Norv's offense has evolved with a lot of timing and rhythm stuff, a lot of uh, just counters and those types of things. And, and really feel like Will could fit that type of, uh, stylistic offense and, and and still allow him to take some shots down the field, but really keep him within structure a good amount. So to recap, my Panthers mock is Brian Burns at 16, uh, 47, Michael Dieter guard from Wisconsin, 77, Juan Thornhill safety from Virginia and pick 100, Will Greer from West Virginia. Hopefully we have enough time to get the Saints in, Kyle. Do you think we yeah, can it'd be a tight squeeze, Joe? I don't know. Uh, just one pick. One, they already took. They already took Marcus Davenport in the first round. So oh, let's not let's not forget. Here we go. I'm just saying. Joe's going to get on New Orleans' bad side all over again. I just wanted to remind everyone of why we don't have a first round pick. Marcus Davenport, Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Um, <laughs> all right, so I picked Debo Samuel for, for the for the Saints at number 62. Feel like he would round out this this receiving core a bit for Drew Brees. And, you know, it's kind of surprising the lack of weapons around him. I know Michael Thomas is a good football player, but what other wide receiver do you get real excited about in this mix for Drew Brees? Who? Taysom Hill. Yeah, Yeah, case in point. I mean, Traquan Smith's a possession guy. Got some appeal in that role. I mean, Cam Meredith has been an injured slot guy. They've got Ted Ginn who, you know, he's their, their field stretcher, but Debo is a guy that can win on every level of the field. Love his route running and how that would pair with a quarterback like Drew Brees that throws with really good anticipation. I feel like that would be a really good match made in heaven and, and complement what they have with Michael Thomas and now Jared Cook is that seam-busting seam tight end. So with the one and only pick for the Saints at number 62, Debo Samuel, wide receiver from South Carolina. I think there's a better chance Debo goes in the 20s than the 60s. Okay. <laughs> so stop exploiting the board. <laughs> it's players available, man. I picked the ones that were good. Oh, okay. It's a good strategy. It's probably why you're winning 19 to 9. Yeah. <laughs> I picked Jay Sternberger. Tight end. Now, I know that the Saints went out and they signed Jared Cook. Cook's in here. But Cook's not a long-term option. And Josh Hill's the other tight end of, of note here in New Orleans. And I wanted to get somebody who could make sure that when Drew Brees decides to step aside, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or somebody else steps in behind him, there's infrastructure, there, there's stability. And I'm telling you right now, if Jared Cook retired at the end of this year, and Drew Brees also retired at the end of this year, what do you think the Saints offense looks like next year? Taysom Hill's the future, brother. It's bad. It's very bad. So I want to do everything I can to get long-term pieces here. Not to say that Debo Samuel would not be a long-term piece, because he would. But I think that the tight end position was more pressing for me because you have a volume receiver in Michael Thomas that you can get away with as long as you have a speed guy like Ted Ginn that you can run for spacing issues and and things of that nature. So um, Jay Sternberger for me, attractive receiving tight end. Uh, much more polished than what you would anticipate with a kid that played at Kansas and then Juco. Um, exciting upside. You know, he's not an elite athlete, but that's okay. He really knows how to navigate the middle of the field. And 
I think a, a reliable tight end is a quarterback's best friend, so that's why I went out and got him another one in Jay Sternberger. So to recap my Saints picks, it was Jay Sternberger. Oh, thank you. I wanted to make sure there was no confusion there. We did it. We 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 successfully did 32 dueling three-round mock drafts. Yeah. Congrats on the dub, Joe. Yeah, well, it's 19 to 9, so the best the worst I could do is 19 to 14, 13? 19 yeah, to 13. That's, that's that's 9 plus 4. Not a math guy. Well, congrats on the dub. Congrats on the hey, Listen, congrats on the release of the 2019 NFL draft prospectus. Thank Free you. on the house. I it's it's Kyle Claus here delivering the goods for the people. I I peeped that thing on uh whatever day this is uh this morning and Phenomenal work, structure, formatting looks tremendous. Obviously, you know, some of your scouting takes are a little hit or miss, but, you know, everything looks really good. I wept when it was over. Did you really? I had a little tear. I don't typically get emotional on them anymore. You know, this is my sixth one, but. That cover, you know. With the, the, everything that's been new at the draft network and, and this being legitimately, I don't have to charge for this because it's part of a full-time job. And a lot of the challenges with the the travel schedule that we faced this year was, it it was a different experience and I was very relieved to have it done, but I'm extremely proud of it. And, you know, I've made some changes as, as far as how I grade players that are detailed in there. And I think those changes are all for the better and continuing to put me in a place where, uh, I can be the best, draft scout that I can be. And, uh, it was very gratifying to, to hit submit and, and publish that. And thanks to the literally tens of thousands of you at this point who have downloaded it already, which is really cool. Cause it posted at midnight, Joe, we're recording this at one thirty four, and there's over 10,000 downloads already. Wow. That's so, crazy. Terrific, terrific first response. Really, really thankful for everybody who took the time to read and, uh, if you haven't gotten your copy yet, go to thedraftnetwork.com, download your free copy, 328 pages, 300 scouting reports, uh, 299 player comparisons. There was somebody I couldn't come up with comp for. so I just It's Kyler it. Murray, right? It's Kyler Murray, yeah. I, know. I, was, I was flipping through it. I was like, well, what happened here? And, and that was... I couldn't think of one. I couldn't think of one. So it's fine. Don't very, force it, right? Very unique player. I mean, I forced a few, but I didn't force that one. Um, <laughs> We got best traits, worst trade. I list every game that I watch for every single player. Uh, try and be as transparent as possible throughout the entire process. You guys will enjoy it, or at least I hope you will. So make sure you swing over, check it out. Uh, Joe, we got uh, some new podcast concepts coming up on deck. We're going to iron those out. So make sure you come back tomorrow for more draft dudes. Uh, hit us up on Twitter with your hot takes for next week's Taste on Takes. Joe is at the Joe Marino, and I am at Grinding the Tape. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.